bottom of the smash mountain and i am very thankful to all the patrons that i have over at patreon.com slash bsm pod for continuing to support me and what i'm doing especially because this is now the second official recording of the new setup the new setup that thanks to all the patrons helping to chip in more or less this was the first goal that i had i really wanted to have an actual setup a computer that could do the things that i wanted it to in the past we were at 40 percent cpu usage just to record at 30 frames per second now we're at 60 frames per second recording. I got all these these programs up and we're at point no 1.2% CPU usage. Thank you so much for helping making that a thing. But I'm even more excited. I'm even more excited to talk to Cadence, who is your favorite only noobs TO, your favorite look, there's tired of O2. There are other noob tournaments that are out there but this is the spotlight is on cadence tonight who was very graciously agreed to join me on the podcast thank you so much for joining me cadence how are you i'm good thank you for such a warm introduction um that was very kind of you but yeah i'm doing great i usually don't have my fridays open but my schedule got a little mixed up so i'm super happy i could be here today so on a normal Friday, so you you work full time, and we'll probably talk about it a little bit because I work full time as well, and yet I'm still trying to make time to to do stuff like melee content. And I know you're doing the same as well. But what does a typical Friday look for you then? Are you trying to enter in a tournament of your own on a Friday, or do you got something else on the schedule typically? I mean, I think normally, because I'm in the middle of like, start, I'm, I'm gonna be making a move soon. I'll be moving you know across the city, so a lot of stuff has been you know. A lot of time I've been spending was you know just thinking about you know when am I going to move, how to move. Um, I also have a, like a very lovely partner that I usually spend Fridays with, so we'll we'll kind of work on some of like the moving stuff together. Uh, but yeah, so it's usually like very normy things, not not anything that's related to video games or or any of kind of like the Smash stuff that you might think of. Um, but you know what, our uh, my schedule freed up, so I am just you know. Happy to be here and enjoying this random Friday I have off. Yay. So fortunately for me, this is not this is not everybody, so I recognize the the privilege in saying this that I, I only have a four day work week. I get to forty hours pretty consistently, just working four days. So my company, we're a small company, so we try to do cool things like four day work weeks. So Fridays are normally an off day for me. Typically, I guess sometimes I still have to work a Friday here and there when we get busier and such. But overall, really, really happy with a four day work week. That should definitely be a thing as much as possible, because I don't know. Uh, now that I've done it for a little while, uh, I'd say not not quite for a full year, but around the time that I moved last year, which was the end of July, I think I started around that time working of doing a four day work week. And it's uh, 10 out of 10 would recommend for you having normally stuff to do. It's all part of the, the full time gig. I want to give credit to Monday morning, Marth. This was when I first would have started to get uh, not underground uh, vibes from what you do with only news. But I think the first opportunity that I had to sort of understand who you were and where you come from is reading that Monday Morning Marth article, which of course you can find on MeleeStats.co. Melee Excuse me. Sorry, Edwin. <laughs> where you, you, did, you did an interview with Edwin and it was lovely to read about sort of your origin story and things about only news that are a priority for you, where you see yourself going in the future. So for anybody who wants to read instead of listening to the rest of this, keep listening, please. But also you can check that out if you want to want to help plug all the, all the, all the content homies. I wanted to ask you though, still, even though I'm roughly familiar with your origin story, just sort of like the, the, the way this is what we have in common. Let me start here. I first heard about Melee all the way back in 2006. I'm on YouTube, I'm just minding my own business, and I'm watching Smash-related stuff because as a kid, I love playing Smash. And so I'm looking up stuff on YouTube and I'm seeing early world record stuff for break the targets and home run contests. And eventually I see PC Chris versus Ken at MLG New York 2006, and I go, oh my gosh, I would love to, oh my gosh, this happened recently, that means they're doing tournaments, I could I could figure out how to do, but I, I didn't. It 
took me all the way until 2021 last year to go to my very first IRL tournament. And I had a terrible, terrible time doing anything online. I didn't play Slippy. I, I didn't do anything up until, well, now, basically, because of the new computer that can do all that stuff. So what I'm saying is, is that from 2006 to 2021, I was basically aware that competitive melee was a thing hearing about it every once in a while but then finally i'm like all in now i'm like following everything i'm constantly checking out tournaments that kind of thing and i podcast about melee so it took me a long time i got married and i had children before i really started to dive into melee and not that your story is exactly the same as mine but what I, what stood out to me from that monday morning marth article is that you didn't hear about melee at a younger age and then dive right in you did a lot of other things first with your life before you started to before you started to make moves in melee if it, if that if that makes sense i'm just curious from your perspective what you like about that and maybe what you feel like you might have missed out on yeah, I, I first want to say I am so excited. I have actually not met really anyone at all that was, I would say, call like a late bloomer. Yes. Um, I kind of figured out a lot of other parts of my life before I uh, even like, you know, did a wave dash or something, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> so I it's it's been interesting. So like I, in some ways, I could be so much better. A uh, funny story I like to say is when I went away to college, they forced you to live like on campus for that first year, and you basically got a random roommate. My roommate showed up with a melee setup, and I couldn't be any less interested in playing. <laughs> I, I wanted to do anything else. I wanted to play music and make friends and do whatever. And I, and you know, in some ways, I imagine you know I could be way better if I had been playing for all these years. But at the same time, I have learned a lot of lessons and time management skills and how to be a human being that has helped me probably, you know, find success and figure my way out a little bit faster just from, you know, past experiences. Yes. Yeah, so there are late bloomers out there aside from myself. And if anybody who's listening to this is happens to be newer at Melee, I'm hoping that there are some or people who have considered how, how much really diving into this game should I do? Because you see people like Mango even now, playing at Smash Summit 13, presented by Coinbase, you see those people playing Melee and you go, well, I, I can't play Melee for 15 years just to have a chance to get to that level. So there are other people. I, I love the story of Slumlord GG, who is some, the person who is one of the, one of the owners of All Chat Esports. Being a Slippy Kid, he's, okay, he's not, he's not 22. I don't, I'm not going to say, I don't even know how old Slumlord is, but I'm just going to say older than 22. Let's just put it that way. But started a Melee Esports org, even still as a quote unquote slippy kid, you know, someone who's, who's not, who's not 22 anymore, being able to do all that. I love hearing stories about that and, and, and seeing that you would be in the same category as well. Do you, if you regret sort of wanting to become a better player, I, I'd say of course, I agree with you on the parts that I have to tell myself as well, because, oh, if I started playing in 2006, I'd probably be or have a chance to be like a ginger who who played for a long time before finally starting to make waves, even in his own area in Michigan. It took ginger so long to become a good player because he started playing all the way back in 2004, 2005. Maybe I would have a chance to do that, but I don't. I don't regret the things that I've done. I have such beautiful children and a beautiful wife. I'm, I'm really excited about that kind of stuff too. So for those of you who may or may not be like, oh, well, you should have played Melee sooner. No, it's, it's fine. I, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take what I've gotten out of the rest of my life because Melee, interestingly enough, is still here and arguably in some ways doing better than it ever has. Would you agree with that? Or do you think, where do you think Melee is right now? That'd be an interesting question to ask you. Yeah, absolutely. And before we dive into it, I just want to say anyone who's listening to this and you feel like you missed out and you're too old or you're just too busy or whatever, Melee is in a spot where it could kind of be around forever. Like eventually, like there's no reason to stop playing Melee. Melee has become easier to get into and start playing. There is a lot of fun to have, even if you weren't, you know, the first person on the boat. So definitely do not be discouraged. Um, but where I think Melee is going I think that, so I'm not really a gamer, but from everything I can tell, Melee is one of the few games that is like in the best position 
to like outlive you know what we know as computers right like it is basically free runs on all operating systems doesn't actually require the internet like we have really good emulation we have a way to play people online even in the middle of a pandemic or you know some other kind of tragedy and it's not going to get updated nintendo actually doesn't care about it so it really can't go anywhere so it feels like it's in a pretty good spot i don't really see how melee could go anywhere other than slowly becoming like the default smash game when people ask you oh you play smash uh, given enough time, I think people, I, I think Smash, Melee in particular will just become the default you know, as the years go on. Yes, I love that because for now, even if you tell somebody you play Smash, they just assume it's always the newest one. They'll assume it was the Brawl one and then the Smash 4 one or 3DS and then now the Ultimate one. But Nintendo will probably keep making Smash games even after Sakurai either official retires or just keeps working on Smash games until he's literally not with us anymore. I don't know what that future holds specifically, but Smash has proven, sorry, Melee, excuse me, has proven three times over. And I guess you could say even three and a half times over because PM was was bigger than Melee at a certain point. It was bigger than Brawl for a long time, or sorry, let me phrase, for I guess 12 to 24 months back in the 2013, 2004, 2015 time, PM was looking to sort of succeed both games and become the default game that Brawl players and Melee players ultimately went to. But obviously it didn't work out that way. But just like Melee is the game that new players go to Smash 4 or Ultimate and then they see the CRTs in the corner at their local and they go, what? <laughs> Why would you play that one? That's the old one. They don't have nearly as many characters or stages or blah, blah, blah. But then you play it and you start to understand. You start to understand. And then you watch the documentary or you watch Mango or you watch Hungrybox play on their streams and you go, wait a minute, there's something to this. And it's super cool. Or hopefully you also get to check out not only big tournaments like Summit, but you also get to check out, wait, they have tournaments for newer players too? Oh, thank goodness. I don't like the idea of going to all the effort of getting Slippy set up on my computer just to get connected to unranked, get crouched a bunch of times as I get four-stocked over and over again, LOL, 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 or I don't like the idea of going to an online bracket where I know I'm going to run into a really good player round one, a really good player round two, who have been playing for five plus years, and what, what am I supposed to do? There are newbie tournaments. There are tournaments for players who have never who have never been ranked, who have never won anything of note players who have been playing for less than 12 months for less than 24 months i mean honestly to be a competent melee player cadence you would probably agree with this do you feel you need at least three years if not five years of like playing consistently just to be able to get a chance at top 100 because that's what it feels like to me you know that's a funny question because i think people assume that you need to put in you know x number of hours to be this good or be considered a new player there are plenty of people who have played for over 10 years and they're as good as someone who is still on summer vacation who's been playing for over a summer. And so everyone just kind of has their own timeline. I think, I mean, there's probably actual numbers of how long it takes to become a top 100 player, but I have met so many people who are nearly evenly matched with time put into the game that ranges from literally all over from, you know, a month to a handful of years. Because honestly, like, a lot of people tried Melee, they couldn't really get into it for n numerous reasons, and they're giving it a shot again, or they um, they just couldn't play, or, or or for any other reason. So I wouldn't be too caught up on the amount of time it takes, um, but to know that everyone's journey is different in terms of how good they get in Melee. I'd be interested to hear from you, from your experience with running only noobs, who are the people that you feel like you see the most of? Is it the people who are just now trying Melee for the first time? Or do you feel like you get an actual decent number of people who have been playing for longer than that and are still trying to find tournaments where it's beginner level, newer players? Yeah, so I guess for anyone who doesn't know, Only Noobs is a weekly Smash tournament that's online geared towards players who either don't do super well in other like traditional tournaments or they haven't ever really played in a tournament and they just want to get their feet wet or just want to try melee for any number of reasons. Um, I have seen a large mix. We've seen a lot of, I would say like slippy kids who just had access and the time to, you know, figure out what melee was, get a set up and start playing. 
but I've also seen quite a few people who have been like re-engaged because of Slippy, because now it's so much easier to play. And a good, good example is like someone could be playing for like six years, but not know a single person to play with. And you actually really can't do much by yourself. And now they have access to playing people for the first time ever. They're like basically starting their, their melee career, you know, all these years later. I would say it is a mix. I don't have good numbers or data on the breakdown of it, but I've definitely seen people, you know, way older than me, way more established, and then people who are questionably young to be playing a game that's, you know, 21 years old. Right, they're they're younger than the game itself. Yep. <laughs> it was interesting because Bbats is at Summit right now, and just like Bbats, I think is about 19 or 20, and so. I mean, it's just like that's crazy a player who is younger than the game itself playing well enough to even get to a sp not that uh bbats is in the official competitive bracket but is there as a vip and is able to be in the vip bracket that that kind of stuff that's already super cool and hopefully we'll get to see bbats at a future summit hopefully let's hopefully. go bbats but i'm interested also in hearing what the decision making behind I don't, what's the right way to put this? When a player wins only noobs, they, they're not allowed to return to the bracket. Is that correct? That is correct. How long has that been in place? It has been in place for 66 weeks. Uh, from all day 66? One, all 66. A big fear of mine when I started is I would run out of players because, I, I mean, if you ban your most consistent attending and biggest fans of your tournament, you probably shouldn't have much of a tournament left. But to my surprise, we still have plenty of people despite us banning people every week. 138 attendance for the most recent only news that happened last night. Congratulations to Jacob. Get out of here. Now we get to hopefully see somebody else win. But again, like if you've done this 66 times, that's 66 players who could have just made it from 138 to... I don't feel like doing the math, but you get it. Over 200, I guess. There we go. I'm starting to come back a little bit. <laughs> I hate math. So you would have had a lot of people potentially returning if they had won, but then they would be consistently top eighting in the bracket and not really allowing for people who are trying to consistently attend and get better who are still struggling in the, the lower end of the bracket. So I really like that concept, but I'm just curious, like you at the even at the beginning, you wanted to do it like this for the first place finishing player to no longer be allowed to compete in only noobs. What was the reasoning behind that? Other than just saying, I want people to have chance to succeed. So I will not take credit for the originality of idea. There's definitely tournaments that have done it in smash. Uh, commonly you'll see like Arcadians do it. And then more recently you've seen there, there's been other tournaments such as tired of O2 which has done it, and to me, it makes perfect sense because it is a great way to balance the, the overall skill level. I don't think it's very fun to lose in Melee or in any Smash game to the same person over and over again. And so even if, say, you don't do well in an event, you get to know at the end of the day, that person who beat you pretty bad, they've moved on to greener pastures. And it kind of just filters it out, and it makes a lot of really fun storylines and uh, just intense pressure and drama and fun stuff that we get to see every Thursday. That interview with Edwin Budding for the Monday Morning Marth article was for the official 52-week, the one-year anniversary of Only Noobs. I don't know about you, but when I have a big thing to look forward to, something like Pound, which I attended, I was just like kind of, kind of fixating on it, and then it passed, it went, and I was going, huh. Now what? And then it was, oh, computer. It's time to set up the computer. It's time to set up the computer. Uh, now what? So what was it like after after that happened? It's been long enough now. Maybe you don't remember all, 100% all the, all the things that you thought at that time. But when a really big landmark day like that comes and goes, and then it's time for only noobs 53, like what was your, what was your thought process? Because you've been doing it for a year. So so continue, you're just supposed to continue? Is that what we were supposed to do? What were, your, what were your thoughts at that time? That's a good question. So I, it's a little bit tricky because when you do something every week for so long, you don't get much time to like sit back and reflect on the previous instance of it because you're already thinking about the next one. And, you know, it's, it's hard to look too much in the past when you need to be looking forward. Um, so... 
only news 52 was the 52 week in a row where we had a you know uh, an only news event and i knew that it would be a little like people would see it as significant it was also the on the very first week of a new job i was starting so honestly my my brain was was somewhere else wow Um, I, (laughs) i uh and like i had a meeting up until like right before like a couple of minutes before like i had to get the bracket started so in a lot of ways it was i tried to make it seem like a regular thing however you know when it came down to it i because so i'm someone who never looks at the attendees so like how many people have signed up i was uh slightly horrified and also excited to see um getting kind of close to 300 people yes. um and it's like okay wait uh melee events don't get this big uh but you know what like i didn't have much time to think in the moment i just had to you know to rely on you know everything i've learned and that came in the past and really i think my biggest takeaway is like okay that went pretty well could have went a lot worse i think a lot of people had fun a ton of new faces i can't wait to go back to normal next week and i went back to expecting you know like you know less than 100 people again, uh, because that's, that's pretty normal. And then uh, the number came down quite a bit, but it rested at a number that was significantly higher than before. And that just was the new normal going on from there. So it was it was validating that this was a good idea, and I didn't run it on like, newbie players. But at the same time, I also had you know a new set of challenges, because clearly this thing wasn't going anywhere, and there was definitely some work to be done. This is an important part of the scene, right? Because where does the funnel start? It starts with people who have never played Melee before. You don't start with a Mango going, oh, I'll play Melee, and then top eighting at every major. Oh, wait. Mango hasn't recently top... Ooh, so you get what I'm saying. How about Zane? You don't have a Zane starting and top eighting at every major. So for only noobs, you want to keep this going. You want to continue to make sure that people feel like they're not only able to compete in a tournament that feels viable to them to continue to advance through that bracket, but also building a community, everything else, all parts of it. When Ryobeat was on the, not waiting, well, yes, Ryobeat was on waiting for game and on Radio Melee at the same time promoting function too. That's right. That's right. So Ryobeat's talking about, it's not just about make sure the bracket one runs well for NYC Melee. There are so many things that go into it. You have the, you have the, it's a different challenge in running an online bracket. You obviously don't have to worry about a venue. Everybody's got their own setups, that kind of thing, that kind of thing. It's just that you don't get to see everybody. There's not like an environment that you get to be in other than your own rooms or however everybody has their own setups. So there's different challenges, but you're still trying to do similar things, I would imagine, in terms of making people feel like there there's a reason to go to this other than just it's a bracket you have to beat out on netflix and 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 content you have to beat out on all these other things that a person could say to themselves i would really rather actually just skip all that and play some melee so what are the things that you like to to bring to the table or or however you phrase it uh, to make the stream fun however you want to answer the question to make only news as appealing as possible yeah, so I am glad you kind of brought that up because truly my competition isn't another bracket. It's not, you know, Salt Mine or whatever Netplay event at the time. It's really, I'm competing with you know, the Netflix, the scrolling on your phone <laughs> and all of that. And that, that's something that I've always kind of been aware of. Um, I think that it is very enticing because I think a lot of people forget, especially good players, they forget that Smash is fun at literally all levels, at pro levels and at like day zero levels. Yes. The yes. trick is, the trick is, it just needs to be against other people who are around a similar skill level. If you put two random people on the street who never play the game and aren't, you know, gifted at video games, they're gonna have fun. It's gonna be messy. It's gonna be hard to watch, but it's like a fun game. So it really captures, uh, like, it really sells the fact that you'll find other players around your level. Um, another thing that I do to make it a little more enticing is I've, I've kind of flipped my seating process um, on top of its head. For those who've played in other tournaments, uh, Smash tournaments are usually seated kind of like how you would see well, like a NCAA uh, March Madness bracket where yes. like the number one team will play against uh, the last team and yeah. like the second best team exactly plays the second worst and so forth. And so we do round robin pools. And instead of having the best player in a pool and the worst player in a pool 
and then second poll is like the second best and second worst. I actually figured out how to seed, or I had to figure out how to seed everybody in a way where they get to play against other players that are around their same seed or skill level. And so I think that's super unique. I haven't really seen that anywhere else, but it definitely helps like narrow in on that experience of if you're like a more experienced noob, you should be able to find other ones. And if you're pretty new at the game, you'll probably play against other people who just set up Slippy for the first time. So that's been a big part of it. Um, and then lastly, I put a lot of pride in like production of the stream. Um, I think that there is not that many melee people streaming in the Super Smash Brothers melee category. I think that the barriers are pretty low. I think the bar is pretty low, and it's just a way to you know express uh, creativity and just have fun with it. I'm sure you could definitely relate to that, Jesse, on you know the production side of things. Um, and then like lastly, lastly, I want to respect everyone's time. I'm like fairly certain that only noobs runs much quicker than most of their brackets, despite the size. Because if you are sitting there for an hour not playing melee because you've gone from winners into losers on the final bracket and you're just going like, mm -hmm, I'm not Zane. Why would I just play melee while waiting to play more? Oh, my phone. Like <laughs> you know, <laughs> you have those kind of people. So I. I can see the very big importance because I'm someone who struggles with attention and paying attention to one singular thing. If there are more people like me like that in the world, you know what I'm talking about. So that's really cool that you feel time management is a really big part of this. I mean, it, it goes with the online feeling in the first place, but you sort of try to think of it from all angles, which is really, really cool. Something that I saw also in... <laughs> Edwin Budding, of course I'm going to use your article. This is where I got a lot of content ideas, sorry, question ideas in regards to asking Caden, so bear with me. I'm just kidding. Edwin doesn't listen to the podcast. But all that to say, I saw that you were thinking about the possibilities of what would an IRL-only noobs look like. You've obviously been asked about this before because Edwin asked you about it. But what I really loved seeing was the idea of we don't have to have an only noob style bracket at a Smash event. It could be at all kinds of other places, adjacent conventions, you know, uh, I don't know. Comic-Con comes to mind, but that's obviously like the, uh, the big one, but there's, there's all kinds of stuff like that all over the country, even Lancaster County. I think this was a month or two ago. I'm minding my own business, driving through Lancaster city with Jen. And we look and we see people dressed up and I go, Oh, I know what that is. <laughs> Just like what's going on. <laughs> but if those kind of people are, are all over the country, then, why not say, hey, look, we got a couple of melee setups. You probably never played melee before, but these people have also never really played melee before. Come and have some fun. Yeah, totally. I um, I get a lot of pushback on that. Um, but I have been someone who, maybe to a fault, has been... Uh, like, I challenge a lot of assumptions that have been in the Smash world for so long. Like, you know, brackets need to have a venue fee. They need to take money. They need to pay out. They need to be at another Smash event. And so I think that if you start thinking a little bit outside the box, you could do some really cool things with, with Smash because it doesn't just have to be for like the super competitive people who have already paid $70 to get into like a big house or something, right? Yeah. Like there's, that, that, there's actually a minority of players. Most players are not that good. They are aware of Mango and HBox. They watch sometimes, but they're just, they don't play the game yet or they're not that good or they're busy doing something else. Exactly. And then they can have this opportunity to say, oh, I don't have to dedicate 30 hours a week to Melee. I can just be there on Thursday night for only noobs and I can have a good time. Like that's, that's beautiful. And for something that's in person, you were talking about sort of breaking the conventional rules both now and in the article which is great because i think about rainbow cruise that kind of stuff you know <laughs> having some other stages besides the five ones that we use which is great but then i hear people are want to take away fly guys or want to take away the randomness of the fod platforms and i cry tears of sadness because i don't want that to be taken away so i think you would probably be the sort of person to also say yes let's uh you know we could have more stages uh, maybe not for brackets like mango zane level brackets but for only news if, if for something that's in person who cares <laughs> it, it's for fun right like there's mm -hmm. just no competitive integrity and speaking of breaking the rules um i do want to say that i don't have a hard stop at an hour so if we want to end this naturally or whatever don't feel like 
uh, we had to stop abruptly. Very um, good. Appreciate it. Thanks for letting me know. No, time flies when you're having fun. But yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I wish I had a less corny way of saying it, but like, you know, being a little disruptive and like coming to a space and like asking why, like, why is anything like this? Being kind of like that knowing, I don't know, like maybe five-year-olds do when they start asking why about everything. Uh, I live with a Smash player and I know that I ask probably really stupid questions of like, why is X, Y, and Z? Why is it top eight and not top 10? Why is it, uh, like, I'll just question <laughs> literally anything. But honestly, some of my best ideas and uh, things I've made have really just come from like, do we re- this is like, does it always have to be this way, or what if we didn't? And even if it's possible, what if it wasn't impossible? What would it look like? The Kesh brothers would be so proud right now because for top eight for one of their tournaments they didn't run a lot of tournaments after 2008 or so but one of them i think it was called fc returned it was featured in the documentary towards the end for mango's episode it was really heavily featured where it's mango versus hungry box but that top eight was round robin top eight like how like that that's an idea how many times have you heard of top eight especially for players like mango and hungry box being we're gonna round robin all of top eight is that's a cool idea and it, and it just so happened of course you know you you have to figure on oh if hungry box and mango are the favorites to win we should probably have them play last because by then it'll probably be winner wins the tournament and it just so happened that that's how it how it worked out you would probably have a lot of tournaments for top eight round robin where the last match would not be the deciding match <laughs> right but it like, was a couple of matches ago yeah that was a couple of matches ago maybe we should or 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 for the old genesis brackets where they would have instead of having 7th, 7th, 5th, 5th, they would actually have 7th and 7th play each other for who's going to finish 8th, who's going to finish 7th, uh, which is why Scar finished 6th at Genesis 1, not 5th. Finished 6th. Just set the record straight. Important distinction. <laughs> yes. So I, I, I just love the idea because I'm someone who, yes, likes traditional things. I like the idea that and and melee is perfect with this because you have smashboards youtube twitter and old heads and and statisticians the people who could tell you very precisely this is why rainbow cruise is not a map that we play on anymore it's not a stage we play on anymore because this happened at one of the one of the pounds it was ppmd versus me too king a chic falco or something and that's why we don't do rainbow cruise anymore and you go Okay, what year was that again? <laughs> you know, I'm sorry to get so fixated on Rainbow Cruise. I'm just thinking of it right now because, I mean, why not? It was featured on the Summit 13 poster. Great poster, by the way. I don't know if you saw it. But anyway, you get it. I just like the idea of also saying why. So I, I appreciate that mindset as well, Cadence, where you just go, yeah, I, I get it. Two times four times eight times 16 times 32. That's cool. That's cool. But really, what would be the problem with top 10? Or or what you do for only news, which is saying, yeah, do we have to have the first seed play the last seed in the starter bracket? Do we have to do that? We don't have to do that, do we? And yes, there are people out there who hear this conversation and they go, yes, yes, that's how it's supposed to be. But if it's for a tournament where, again, this is for newer players or players who just like not everybody has that competitive fire where they go, oh, the fly guys. Oh, the ledges on Battlefield. They probably don't know about the ledges on Battlefield, Cadence. I mean, I love your YouTube videos where you're trying to be educational about things, trying to like say, hey, this is, might have been something about Melee that you never thought of before. But a lot of people like myself, I'll watch those videos and I'll go, oh, that's a thing? Oh, I did not know this was a thing. Oh, that's very interesting. It'll be like that. No, totally. Um, I... I know people might be groaning of how I see my bracket, but you know what? This isn't the Olympics. This isn't Summit. Maybe it makes sense for the worst player to play the best player at, you know, the NBA or, you know, at some tennis Wimbledon Cup or whatever, but (laughs) we're really just trying to have fun. I mean, like your kickball team, you don't need the best kickball team in, in, in your city to play the worst. Like that's, that's not really respecting either player's time. So I'm interested to hear about your own personal melee experience. If you would be in the late bloomer category, and if you recently went 0 and 3 at a at a monthly event, if I was reading your Twitter correctly, what and you and if you don't consider yourself a gamer, which I think you said earlier, do you like melee because of the community or because of how the game is itself and how it tends to gather just people who are like minded, people that you enjoy being around? 
do you like it because you like streaming and you go, well, what should I stream? Melee, only news bracket. What is it about the game that you find yourself particularly like uh, magnetized towards? I think that's a very good question. And you're making me think about it in a way that I normally don't. Why do I like Melee? I like how... I mean, taking a step back, like I, and this is going to sound ridiculous, but I was always envious of anyone growing up who had it, my neighbors or my classmates who had video games. I didn't really have access to many video games growing up. Mm. And that was a game that they, they definitely enjoyed playing casually, whatever. And I, I, I love the concept of it. Never really quite got an opportunity to really enjoy it. Um, but I do love the fact that one, it doesn't get updates. Two, it's, and going along with that, it's the same game as it was before. Yes. And so everything you figure, everything that was figured out before is transferable now. Like, you, you could have Marf Killer 15 years ago, and guess what? It is basically as good as it was before. Yes. And so it was an unchanging game, and the gameplay felt really good. And it had this really unique culture that I haven't really seen in other kind of interest groups. It felt very... It just had a lot of character. I, I can't really put... My, you know, my finger on it, but I've seen other communities like board game communities or like card game communities and things like that. But there was something always kind of cool about seeing, you know, Mario and Jigglypuff go at it. <laughs> and I, I think that like, I am a competitive person, but I also kind of suck at Mario Kart. I like almost never, I don't think I've ever won a Mario party. Like, so like the competitive part of me and like maybe the masochist part of me, like wanted like, you know what? I, I, this sounds like an interesting challenge to pick up the game. And because I don't like being bad at things, I was like, you know what? I'm going to play this until I get good enough um, where I'm not like always the worst person, you know, in the room or whatever. And so from there, uh, I picked it up and then I've just met some really interesting and awesome people. And some of the, the most inspirational people that I've ever come across in my life have, have been through this game. And the fact that it's not going anywhere where like I could get super busy drop off the face of the earth for like two years, come back and still be able to play melee with someone is, is a huge appeal to me. Yes. And it's something that just kept pulling me in. I would go, Oh, the documentary. That's cool. I should play melee. Ah, I don't know. I'm too nervous. You know, I won't fit in blah, blah, blah. And I just go, well, I mean, the next game is about to come out anyway. That'll probably do it. I don't know. <laughs> there, there are all kinds of reasons that I gave myself over the years of just, just don't do it. It's not, you know, you'll, you'll get hurt or something. I don't know. But then it would just keep coming up on the timeline or on social media or through YouTube. There'd be another amazing grand finals that I missed out on watching live. And I just go, dang it. So it was actually the end of 2019 that I started like following things more. I remember distinctly following like all the gods of melee and being like, Armada retired, like the, that kind of stuff. And then I started watching tournaments live. One of the first ones being, you know, the smash summit that Hungrybox went fucking fuck on <laughs> against Zane. And then the Genesis six tournament where people were, were booing Hungrybox and top eight, that kind of stuff. And I'm just going, wow, anti Jigglypuff discourse, huh? But I still, I was like, this is, this is interesting. I just kept getting more and more into it. This, it is, it, it, it mainly is exactly like that kind of game where it's snowballed. Now it's gone through several generations of of human beings of people at the top people in the middle and then the people who are newer to it and all kinds of different all kinds of different individuals who have contributed to the canvas of melee in really really interesting ways and the fact that people don't even touch it anymore at all there's there's people who were there at the beginning who are totally unreachable now who are totally gone out of the space i don't think i don't think anyone except for the people who literally knew Reciferous, one of the original best West Coast players back in 2002. I don't think anybody except the people who knew Reciferous actually speak to him. I don't think it's Reciferous showing up on a, on a slippy evening for salt mine or something going like, oh, wow, look, the OG Sheik is back or whatever. Like You don't see those kind of people anymore. There's people who are literally unreachable. It reminds me of basketball or football where you have people who played in... 1952 who are long gone by now and all you can see is old footage and old pictures whatever whatever and melee is going to have that kind of thing the more this that time goes on you'll 
<laughs> they won't teach classes about melee. Maybe not. I mean, I hope so. But the, those kind of little things will happen where it goes, Mango stopped playing 15 years ago, but look at how vibrant this game still is. I could literally say that 30 years from now. Like, it'd be that kind of thing. And it's, I'm really, I'm really happy to, even though I wasn't super involved when I perhaps should have been, I'm really happy to be where I am with it now and to see where things continue to go from here because the recent at-the-top results, I mean, I talked about Mango not finishing top eight earlier at Pound or at Genesis 8. Those kind of things are going to happen where the Slippy Kids who had two years to play and play and play and play and play, you were also talking about the timeline of people who actually can get good pretty quickly. Players like Ingen, who I did not forget. Ingen played Slippy for maybe a year-ish up until Smash World Tour and then went to the United States and, and pushed well-established players to game fives and won some sets, that sort of thing. That's really, really cool. There are players that are going to be like that where five years from now, it will look so different and yet people like Mango and Zane hopefully will still be playing and challenging the newer generation, the Slippy Kid generation. It's going to be really cool. Yeah, no, I can't wait to see what Melee looks like in a decade from now. And the fact that it continues to survive all the weird things like, oh, we're going to have a pandemic? Well, might as well have rollback netcode then. Oh, we're not going to do CRTs anymore? Monitor Melee can be a thing. I mean, I don't... we don't have to talk about it here. You get it. It's it's workable. It's doable. You get it. You have some CRTs back there. I see it as well as as a, as you know a normal uh, quote unquote normie TV. Uh, but what is that little one down there beneath the big CRT? You know what? That was a gift. I think it was a camping uh, TV at one point, and <laughs> someone knew that I didn't know much about Smash, but they knew enough to like, oh, I guess played on old TVs and. So it's usually one. It's a small one. I usually loan it out to people. I, I was testing something, so I needed an extra TV, mm-hmm. and I was perfect for that. Uh, but yeah, there's not much of a story behind that one, other than it's um, very small compared to its older sibling above it. <laughs> no, I'm just like thinking, what do you need the little one for? And and it makes sense. P- somebody who happens to need it, emergency setup, that sort of thing. Let's see. Trey the Trash Man was telling me about a mobile setup that was at Smash Camp where it's hooked up to his big old battery and you can play on it anywhere for six hours, up to six hours at a time. And I'm going, oh, that's awesome. Someday I want Smash to be played literally on top of Mount Everest. Yeah, Mount Everest, the Himalayas. You get it. I want Melee to be played on all corners of the earth or in space or something. Imagine. I. That'd be super cool. But all right, all that aside, what other things would you say interest you about the game? Would it be stuff like Animelee or the combo videos, that sort of thing? What other what other content do you look to besides the stuff that you do, besides Only Noobs and everything else, your YouTube channel, Cadence Plays, by the way. Oh, also Cadence Plays on Twitch.tv. You get it, you get it. What other, what other things do you like to look at around in the Melee community? Yeah, so... There, like to me, I, I I realized pretty quickly, melee it can be like a launch pad or an excuse or a reason, right? Like, for example, if you like podcasts and you like melee, there is literally no one stopping you from making your own podcast, mm-hmm. and it is actually a lot of fun. It's there's so much to talk about, and you'll get so much experience doing it. If you want to learn how to be a community manager of sorts, you could totally do that. You could be you could, if you want to learn how to make videos. Uh, be a live entertainer and so like melee provides this ecosystem that lets a lot of like you can really just make your own space right and like you don't need permission no one no one you didn't ask anybody to to make a podcast you just decided one day you probably want to do it Mm -hmm. um only knew the same way i i told a couple people like hey i'm doing this i'm doing this on thursdays but otherwise like you could kind of just create these opportunities for you which is a really cool Thing to have when maybe you don't have that much flexibility in your day job or you're in school or for any other reasons like melee provides a really obviously warm and welcoming space for all sorts of disciplines and like you can really make whatever you want out of melee which i i really love when it comes to managing having a full-time job a partner and all the other oh and moving 
by the way, relate to the moving thing since we did it last year, but you have to do all those things and then you get to do melee after that. Some days I will find myself saying, whew, I've worked 12 hours today. I get home, I spend time with the family and now it's time to, oh yes, do more stuff because I got, I got melee things to do. <laughs> so when you have a day that's rougher or you're just going, what are, what are the sort of things that you think to yourself of saying, I either have to do this or I don't have to do this. I guess for me, for only noobs, you sort of have it in your brain that no matter how bad the work day was, especially on a day where you have nearly 300 people for only noobs 52 and, and, and mere minutes before the bracket is supposed to start, you're still in a work meeting. Ah, that must've been crazy. But when you have those sort of days, what do you, what do you tell yourself or what are the things that go through your mind in terms of just either saying, I, I, I can just take it easy. I don't have to do melee tonight or I do need to do melee tonight because I've committed to doing it such as running only noobs. Yeah, totally. So this is where I give a jackass style disclaimer saying, do not attempt or listen to what I'm about to say. Okay. Because really <laughs> me melee is a fun thing, right? You don't have to do anything. If you're having a bad day, no, you, people, you're not, you know, people's jobs are on the line. It's, it's just for fun. And really, no one should be that dependent on melee. However, I am a little bit of a workaholic where when I'm busy, I, I feel the best. And I manage my time in a way where I can do the things I need to do, even if I've had the worst day, even if I'm sick, even if I'm traveling. And so... The consequence of this is like sometimes like I, I just kind of have to bite my tongue and get through a, a six hour broadcast when I have something else in my mind. Um, and uh, also, but it also creates a lot of consistency. Like I, I think a lot about like I'm a, I don't know, like I think about business a lot. I think about product a lot. And one thing that I like really appreciate and value in things is like consistency. I, I hate showing up for something or lining up for something and saying it's going to be late or it's canceled. And so Only Noobs has gotten 60, 66 weeks in a row without skipping, which I think is probably a record. It's probably the longest running event in Smash without skipping a week from what, what I could tell. And it's, it's a trade-off, right? I, I think people really appreciate the consistency. It forces me to get creative. Like, like, what if, like, it's just like, you know, what if I had to make my weekly upload and I only had 90 minutes to write it, film it, and send it off? <laughs> it's, like, terrifying, but you know what? Like, if... As long as you get the word impossible out of your head, in theory, it's possible, right? You can make, you can cut certain corners, you can get creative. And one day I'm going to just like miss my upload schedule or I'm going to miss only noobs and the streak will be over. But my brain just works a little bit better when it's, uh, it's something I do consistently and something that um, will force me to get creative sometimes. Yes, I, I can definitely identify with the workaholic part of that. I would say... For me, like, I, I feel like I, my creative side is always, like, it's always feels suppressed to me when I think about, oh, I should do more videos that are sort of along. I did two video essays in the beginning of this year, and I wanted to do more, but I realized the, la the old laptop that I was using was just so bad. Like, I could hardly do editing without it going kind of a thing it would just take too long. And so with this, hopefully I'll be able to start doing that. But I was trying to think of more ideas, and I'm going, oh. I got nothing. I got nothing. And since I wasn't holding myself to an uploading schedule, I think I might have been, but I quickly said, "Nope, not going to happen because I don't have the right I don't have the right tools for it." That was that was what I ultimately told myself. I said, "I'm committed to doing the podcast regularly, so I'll just keep doing that because that's what my computer, <laughs> that's what the laptop can handle." But even that it could barely handle. You get it. But then I thought, ah, what am I supposed to do for like video ideas? And here for your YouTube channel, just as an example on Cadence Plays, which will be linked in the description, you have how to get good at Smash Bros featuring Ober. Okay, so mostly you could say educational content because you also have boost your frames per second with Diet Melee. All you need to know about reverse hits. And it's just like, I, I think that there are, I mean, obviously there's other videos that are less focused on the education side of thing and more about, oh, this is what I'm doing. This is, this is the fun that we have for only news and so on and so on. But I just feel like, like any idea that I have, I always say to myself, oh, that's like just a humongous undertaking to do. But would you say that because you've done it so much and you've held yourself to that consistency standard 
does it get easier every time or does it always feel like you're starting from scratch? So that is a good question. And I apologize in advance if maybe I answer this a little incorrectly, but you can answer however you like. So I think with the YouTube, I've done over six months of weekly uploads, uh, somehow without ever missing a video there too. And I, I think I'm probably a little bit busier than most people. And I guess like taking a step back, like, you know, story was like, I'm going to do only noobs. I'm going to run this tournament every week. And then I realized that it was like a little boring to just be sitting watching Smash EG, uh, <laughs> because like, you know, the, the, the website Smash EG or soon to be start.gg, it does kind of run the bracket for you. Like it's, it's not actually the most riveting experience uh, once you get it going. So it's like, you know what? I, I've never streamed before, but I want to stream it because you know what? I'm sitting in front of a computer anyway. Might as well broadcast and figure out how to do that. So then I figured out like, you know, I figured out how, how to set up a stream. I figured out uh, how to do a layout. And, you know, I learned about microphones and all that. And then I realized I'm kind of bored. Um, and that might sound a little weird, but no, I know what you mean. <laughs> I've gotten better and better at running only noobs where I realized like, I just have a lot of time. I, if I'm going to be stuck in front of stream anyway, why don't I just start recording YouTube content? And so th this entire thing revolves around, I don't really want to do any of the smash or content creation stuff outside of Thursday. And if I could do that, I can make sure I don't screw up the rest of my life by chasing some like crazy dream I'll have of being a YouTuber or something. It's just not possible <laughs> because that's not what I'm good at. It's not what I should be doing. But if I could kind of box it and contain it a little bit, um, it, 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 you, you actually get more, or I find myself getting more creative. And so all that really just stems from, you know, like making these opportunities in Smash, you know, what you want to be. What is the most marketable thing about Melee? What's the least marketable, marketable thing about Melee? You were talking about that just a smidge earlier. I'd be interested to hear some more thoughts on that. So, I mean, broadly speaking, and this feels like a job interview question, is that uh, yeah. <laughs> I think Smash Brothers isn't really that far behind things like Mario Kart and like the, the people's brains and what they think about video games. Um, I think that there's this weird culture of like, you know, you had a family party or something and some random cousin says like, oh, I, I'm the best of Smash Brothers. And then that just like devolves. I've seen it in my family. I've seen it in other gatherings or at a party or like just not even a video game console. And someone just starts talking, you know, trash to someone else. And uh, someone pulls out a CRT out of like uh, a closet. And I've seen this before. And I was literally shocked. And I, I think there's just something in inherently interesting about a fighting game that is kind of like Mario Kart where it feels like anybody can win. Um, I also think that Smash and Melee in general is marketable because it has this weird reputation of, of being a little bit hardcore, but also being very soft and kind of fluffy on the outside. So I, I just think that uh, if you're not into driving or racing games, like you might just be into Smash Bros. But what is the least marketable thing about Melee? The game is way too hard. I, and this is kind of why I kind of started uh, Only Noobs, is because I was, Jesse, I was taken back on my new player experience when I went to my first event. I, and I, I was just like shocked. It was like, there's no way all these people are this good at Melee. Like, please tell me someone else here can't wave dash. And that's actually not true. Um, and, and I was like, how is anyone even getting into this game? And I'm stubborn and I stuck with it and I got a little bit better, but I also have not forgotten what it's like to be new. And I've, I've kind of created some of the things that I wish that I had when I had started. That's so beautiful. I love that. I like <clears throat> part of the reason why I really love talking to people like you or community members, quote unquote, is because of course it'd be cool to talk to Zane or Mango every other episode, but the people who contribute to Melee at all levels keeps the game alive. So, and I would say, especially for somebody like you, where in order for people to feel like there's a bracket where they can actually move around against their opponent who is at a similar level of, oh, thank goodness, not once has this fox ledge dash the entire time because I don't know how to deal with that against somebody who knows how to ledge dash. 
the examples go on and on. When they have that sort of opportunity, that's great. Filling another role that the entire funnel just sort of has to have different peoples at different spaces saying, this is another yet another spot where you can feel welcome. And maybe the uh, maybe bottom of the smash bottom of the smash mountain is not necessarily like it's not like the uh, the yet or, or hip thing. But like I just love talking to people who also love talking about melee because anyone who paints a brush onto the, the the canvas of melee, like I said earlier, super cool. I love the fact that anybody takes the time to to do that. So it just kind of yeah, it kind of reminds me when you when you talk that about that, it just reminds me like how I would be easily the worst player in 717 melee that's that's the name of my region lancaster in pennsylvania is sort of this thing where the area code is 717 you get it so i would be the worst player except there's another new player that's at my skill level shout outs to drew <laughs> drew is the first person i want a tournament set against because drew is also really really new to melee especially competitive melee otherwise i would not win a set for a long time because everybody else in 717 melee has played for a really long time and so i love the game too much just to walk away and everybody in 717 melee is really nice so no one's being mean to me about kicking my butt every time so Therefore, I stay, but not everybody has that experience. In fact, most of the time, unless you're at something like NYC Melee, where Ryobeat finds you and is like, you're new, and, and, and having the, the cavalcade of Welcome Wagon go to the new player, right? Most of the time, it's not necessarily like that. TOs don't have eyes in the back of their head like you may think they do. There is occasionally challenges with running a bracket and also noticing, oh, that person's newer or new. I should make sure that they feel welcome enough to come back. It's, it's a big challenge, and you want that person to feel like they want to stay, but the list of people out of a majority who want to come back to an experience where they had no, they had no objective or, or, or success that was tangible, you're not going to let a newer player win because then you get put into loser's bracket as the veteran player. So you can't do that, obviously. So how do you make that person feel like, oh, I won today in some way. Well, then that's where the community comes in, right? So it's really, really important. And I really like I really like how there are people like you who are trying to address the new player experience in particular because the new players end up someday, not, not tomorrow, and maybe not even two years from now, but they end up becoming our best players, the players that we're thankful to watch. Mango, at a certain point, even if he was really good when he first started, he still was... A new player and he's talked about this enough times where it's like he just likes playing a lot of video games and he likes playing melee but when lucky is the person who was in his neighborhood started to consistently come over to his house and they would just play and play and play that produced two great amazing talents that we're all feel we all feel lucky to have in mango and lucky so for players like zane also who kind of got styled on a little bit at, uh, I think Virginia tech it was, and then felt like, Oh, I got to keep playing with these people and had a smash club to consistently attend. It's just stuff like that. You need stuff like that to eventually produce top level players and to keep a community vibrant. I love that. You want to keep doing that. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, I don't plan on going anywhere, so I'm happy to keep doing it. Despite the fact that you're not a gamer, what character do you play? Let's talk about like who you play for a little bit. Who who would you consider to be your main in melee? Uh, so I've I I I chose Sheik when I started, and I've I've gotten pretty okay with Sheik, but especially with the pandemic and the ability to play online, I've really taken a liking to playing Peach. I think Peach is really fun. I've also noticed that the next like level of good play for Sheik is like being very fast. My hands aren't that fast. I, I need to, like, I, I, my path to victory is not going to be by using my pure speed. I need a character that lets me make slower but better decision making. So I've had a lot of fun with Peach um, over the last, you know, six or so months. And did you see that video recently? Uh, I forget who posted this. I feel bad. But somebody posted something to the effect of, if you subfloat low enough and hold down the C-stick, you can essentially do ASDI down while floating with Peach, allowing you to get insta counterattacks. And I see 
these this peach player doing all these insta up airs and just going like how fast can your hands move right now because that is just insane you can even the peach players have to move their hands super quickly at a certain point when you watch players like Lod and Ryobeat you go how how so do you feel intimidated by that or do you just go that's them I'm me I'm gonna play the game that I want to and I'm gonna be at a level that I feel comfy with you know what it's funny because the one thing that clip doesn't show you is that you could do that instant up air whatever or you could just down smash and that requires <laughs> nothing and you'll get almost as much damage and it's like yeah that's cool or whatever but unless i'm playing a really good player i'll take my 24 34 percent by pressing down when i'm because you have to asd you'll be floating anyway right mm -hmm. and so don't don't get too intimidated by that i i'll, I'll start worrying about stuff like that when i when i really have to when we get to see the uh, the cadence run of the century at uh, Genesis uh, 12 or, or something like that, do you want to get to... You talked about wanting to play the game until you get to a certain point. What would you say is your sweet spot? Would you want to be regionally ranked or would you just want to be able to sit down in a room and everybody go, that's cadence, cadence is a good player, and everybody goes, yeah, yeah, and somebody else is the worst player in the room? Is that sort of the level that you feel like you want to get to? It's changed because that second thing is kind of come true in a weird twisted way where people are aware of who i am like oh that is cadence but it's not because cadence is going to knock you out of bracket as much as uh if you don't know about only noobs you probably know someone who does um i think at first i wanted to like maybe make you know my regions pr or or, or some sort of recognition but then i realized like you know what like i am so much better at other things I, I don't have to be good at, at, at video games or this particular video game. So really my goal has always kind of been, you know, I want to be conversational. Like, you know how like people want to get a certain skill level of a language, like they want to have conversational, they don't want to be fluent, but be able to like, you know, hang out and, and hang with people who, who can do it well. I, I want to be able to be good enough where I could take games here and there from pretty like, okay players. But you know what, I, it's, it's not in the cards for me to be a pro player. Um, and in some ways, and this part sounds twisted, some may argue that it might be better for my brand and the brand of only noobs if I don't get too good. Mm. Because it, it keeps me very grounded and related to particularly the TOing stuff. Because a lot of the other TOs for these newbie rackets, they're they're run by very good players that yes. I, I sometimes feel like they actually miss the point sometimes. And so that uh, helps me keep a bit of, a bit of like a beginner mindset. Your method playing right now, Cadence. <laughs> <laughs> You've called me out. I've never heard someone say it that way, but yeah, I suppose you're right. <laughs> really getting into the the role. Yes, yes, super. And so believable. I mean, I'd say best performance of 2022 and 2021 by far, for sure. Go Thank for the you. three-peat in 2022. Three. All right. So now that we're getting towards the uh, the end, I'm not wrapping up specifically because of the being aware of the hour thing. It's because I'm running out of things to talk to you about. We typically have Patreon questions. We don't have any this time. Although if anybody wants to subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com slash BS and pod and do it, you can do it next time. Point is, is that I would like for you to, if you have something on your mind that you would like to share or start to lead us out with another topic, you can, if anything comes to mind, if not, you can just tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, so one thing that I've been trying to kind of adjust a little bit is I think a lot of people see me as like a TO of, you know, a newbie tournament um, that's, you know, pretty big or whatever. And I, my skills aren't really at like running a Smash UG event. Um, I realistically only need to be one of many different things that I do. And so I think that for anyone who's still listening now, um, you're, you're hearing it first, but like I'm going to keep on doing new things and, and working on new projects. Only Noobs is awesome and I'll keep doing it for as long as I can. But like with the YouTube thing, I, I'm going to start investing my time a little bit differently um, and eventually shifting the narrative of, I'm sorry, like Cadence is a TO, is more to like Cadence is like a creator that just happens to run a weekly events on Thursdays. Like if your favorite YouTuber did something, man, like a community thing every week. Yes. Um, so I have enjoyed 
the luxury of being a little bit underground where people know of me, but not really. Um, but it's, it's been really nice, like enjoying the fact that I'm like quietly like one of, if not the largest weekly, like melee events. I don't think a lot of people realize that, but, uh, even on the peaks of other events, it's also usually a peak for me. It's not really like, you know, a, like a, a zero sum game. And then on top of that, I think I've slowly been growing on Twitch and on YouTube, um, especially relative to like the melee space. So keep an eye out for some of the other projects I'm working on because it's, eventually it's not going to be, you know, just an only news thing. It's going to be, you know, one of many different things I do. And I'm really looking forward to um, working on these new projects and, and, and seeing where they go. Yes, of course. You you will. It'll be impossible for you to become super super good at the game because you'll be becoming super super good at the content and doing doing streaming stuff and creating stuff. I like that. And of course, this is part of your natural evolution in terms of how you do things on Thursday nights because you were talking earlier about how oh I could just stream while doing only news. I can record stuff while doing only news. I can edit stuff while doing record. No, I don't know if you do that, but <clears throat> you can you can do all kinds of fun things during the bracket where instead in the future, sounds like you have future ideas that you want to implement into what you do for your stream, and that's really, really cool. What you do with YouTube, that sounds cool as well. So for the people who need to know, it's Cadence Plays, all right? You'll find the links to all the stuff in the description, the YouTube, the Twitch, the Twitter. Even in fact, if you're watching, you can see at Cadence underscore plays for the Twitter, but now you now you heard it for the audio listeners. And wh where else can the people find you? Is that basically at Cadence? Yeah, so my Twitter is on the layout um, on YouTube and on Twitch, there is not a space. Mm -hmm. If you Google it, it'll come up. Um, I also will be, I also like am involved in my IRL scene. So if you're anywhere near Chicago, you should definitely take a look at Hold at L4. Ooh. If you are a fan of me, uh, I'm going to say I'm co-hosting it, and it'd be a good time to meet other people who um, are just involved in the scene, other own news people. If you're not so much a fan of me, I'm just going to be moving chairs and moving TVs around, and you probably wouldn't even notice I'm there. So whatever is more appropriate to your situation, please come out to Hold that L, because it's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be June 4th. Uh, in Chicago, right off of the blue line. So if you know anything about Chicago, it's right off of the airport. Okay, so this is cool. You know what? I'll put the Smash GG link in the description as well so that the people can just insta-register. I mean, obviously, it'd be cool to go to Chicago at some point. Uh, it will, will, ooh. You know, I really want to go to the big house in October. What if there's a Chicago event the week leading up to the big house and I just make a quick pit stop because... Chicago's not too far out of the way of going up to Michigan, is it? I don't know. I don't even know the Midwest United States map, but that sounds doable. Something. I know that June 4th is obviously coming up sooner than October 7th or whenever the first day of the big house is. But all that to say, that's really cool that you're going to be also involved with stuff like Hold That L, so shout outs. And again, Cadence, we've had such a lovely conversation this evening. I really appreciate you coming on to Bottom of Smash Mountain and talking with me. Other than that, I think I think that's it. I think we're ready to call it quits. You got anything else? No, that's it. I just want to say thank you to you, Bottom of Smash Mountain, anyone involved in it. Thank you to the Patreons. I know you're out there. And to anyone who's listening, um, thank you for letting us talk for all this time. Um, yeah, okay. come check out Only Noobs, and, and hopefully we'll get to see you all again soon. Yes, Only Noobs 67, Thursday night, next week on May, hold on, May 19th. Whoop, whoop. And we'll catch, hopefully see you there. Hopefully, I, I, I'll say this now. I need to enter in Only Noobs in the very near future. I don't know if I have plans next Thursday, but I will be at one very, very soon as well. So you can look forward to that as well. Woo, breaking news. Awesome. Good to have you. All right, but we'll catch you all next time. Thank you for joining us.